Well, welcome everyone to the Live Transform podcast. And I know that we have listeners from all over the world. Yes, we'd like we to do. say a great big greeting to you guys. We are so thankful uh, for the incredible synergy that we have yep. together. With and you. here in the United States, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this is our Today's huge day. Thanksgiving day. Mm-hmm. And I am. I'm, I have so much to be thankful for. But of course, we are most thankful for Dr. Jim. Because he's our best friend. Oh, yeah. Because, because Dr. Jim is our best friend. <laughs> Jim, it's good to have you with us today. Man, you know, uh, honestly, on these days that we do this podcast, <laughs> I, it's like a, it's like I get up, uh, you know, go, say, okay, I'm going to go get to see some of my favorite people in the whole world That's today. That's right. Oh, so good. I love it. it I woke up early this morning. And I, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was one of those mornings. I worked yesterday like a maniac. I started at 4.45 yesterday morning. What? And I finished at, at like 8.45 last night. Are you but serious? I felt, but it felt good. It you was know? good. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. on, you're on a roll. And so, uh, but you know, when you have a day like that, when a, when a normal person has a day like that, it takes a lot out of them. But you know, me fighting this battle of, of trying to stay ahead of chronic fatigue. So in other words, takes, you're saying you're not normal. Yeah. I, I ain't never been normal. I've never claimed to be normal. <laughs> and anybody that ever thinks I've got a drop of normal in me does not know me. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but, uh, so I woke up this morning and man, I was dragging, uh, you know, about uh-huh. six 30 and you know, I don't set an alarm clock. I just let my body wake me up. And, uh, so about, you know, about six 30, I, I wake up and kind of lay there and pray for a few minutes. Man, I'm thinking, I do not want to get up right now. I want to sleep four more hours. Four more hours. Yeah. So I did get up and man, I was dragging, 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 dragging. I knew I'd pull out of it after I moved around a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that really got me excited, I, 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 I gave myself a little energy treatment. I laid on, on a little energy mat that I have. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> you are never going to stop with this, your stuff. This, this is this is the conversations with normal Jim. Yeah, that's, because <laughs> because we all have an energy mat, you know, like that's, that, right. that's just doesn't everybody have an energy well, mat? Well, let me tell everybody what my energy mat is. <laughs> okay. you know, I'll just say, just so they won't just so they won't go to someplace weird. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the Earth has pulsating electromagnetic fields. Uh-huh. And it is those electromagnetic fields that great, uh, they're, they're a big factor in what caused the cells in the body to work harmoniously. Ah. Right. And because we are constantly isolated from that, because we don't go barefoot, we don't sleep on the ground, we don't play on the beach much. You, know, that kind uh, of you don't wear barefoot and sleep <coughs> on the beach, but I do. No. I go barefoot all the time, yeah, I do too. but not out, but I'm not outside, oh, particularly when it's 27 okay. degrees barefoot, you know? Okay, yeah. So anyhow, so, so these pulsating, they, they call them PMF mats were created and they actually, you know, the earth's electromagnetic field has decreased measurably over the last 50 and hundred years. I mean, it's incredible how much weaker it's getting. So basically what this mat does, it recreates what the electromagnetic field of the earth would have been probably 50 100 years ago huh and so so i lay on that i can lay on that for about 15 minutes and become fairly energized because my cells start communicating the way they're supposed to and 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 it's like alignment it just all lines up and wakes up aligns and wakes but the but the great thing as i started kind of thinking a little more clear you know one of my first thoughts was hey 
me and Bob and Otter are going to do a podcast today. I'm ready to go. And so it's like, <laughs> bam. Bam. So here I am, excited, not not just to be with Bob and Otter, but man, our people, our listeners yes. that, that are making this journey with us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are blessed, blessed, blessed to get to share this life yes. with these people in, in our podcast. I love that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and as we move forward today in episode 101, I love that. We're in the hundreds now. But um, something I love is, is our theme that, that really has come, come to us for today. And that is the golden thread of the parables. And I love talking about the parables because obviously we, we are, love Jesus so much, but I think that there's so much that we miss as far as what, is what, what joins everything together in that tapestry of wisdom as Jesus yeah. lived his life on this earth. So um, I'm, I'm excited about today, about our, our, about our topic. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing to me, and, and I, I'm not totally dismissive or totally critical of this, but it's an interesting thing to me. Uh, I can remember when uh, uh, when the Word of Faith movement, when it, it literally became something stated in the Word of Faith. I'm thankful for the Word of Faith. I got a lot of great things out of the Word of Faith, so I'm not just knocking the whole movement. But I can remember sitting in a meeting with one of my favorite teachers, uh, a good man that, that was a pioneer, and he made this statement, you know, as, as New Testament believers, we need to get our doctrine out of the epistles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first response was, well, okay, okay, okay. You know, I, I hadn't looked at it that way uh, because I'd always wanted just to get to know Jesus, you know. And yeah. so I'd always spend a lot of time in Gospels. So I'm like, okay, you know, he knows more than I do. But I, I can remember instantly the Lord spoke to me and said, if you go anywhere other than the Gospels to establish your doctrine, you'll always be confused. And I didn't know what that meant. Hmm. I mean, I had, I, I, I trust, I knew it was the voice of God because I'm, I'm good at recognizing the voice of God. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really, but I just said, okay, so you're going to teach me what this means. And it was a period of years of coming to understand what that means. Uh, but it comes back to what we've talked about, and that is, that is, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. Exactly. His life and his teaching, according to Hebrews one three, is the exact representation of God. He says, "If you see me, you see the Father. The Father mm -hmm. and I are one. The things, the works that I do, they're the works of the Father." And and you know, so you come to realize that. That Jesus came to show us what God truly meant in all of the commandments. He didn't change a single commandment. He didn't teach anything new. He just said, "He said, this is how you would have applied it if you'd have, if you'd have, uh, if you'd have paid attention to what it said. You would have applied it in love, and this is what it would look like." Yeah. And His life showed us what it would look like. His ministry showed us what it would look like. But here, here's the thing. I, one of our big issues is we don't know how, how to convert the commandments into a life of, into a life, number one, of love, but also into a life of practical applications. That's just uh, because in different cultural settings, you, you know, one of the complaints against the, against the Bible is, is people, people saying like it's out of date. Oh, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but the Bible's outdated. Well, then you don't believe in God and you don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> You, you have a version of God you believe in. You have a version of Jesus you believe in, but the Bible's not outdated. 
because the principles are timeless. The commandments mm-hmm. are timeless. How mm-hmm. to walk in love is, has been defined once for all by God, and no man can change that. But our problem is, what does that look like in real life? Mm-hmm. So through the parable, see, Jesus was a teacher of the kingdom of God. And he said, I'm going to show you how to think, how to function, how to take everything that God said, I'm gonna, and we're going to bring it down to practical application, mm-hmm. not because I'm going to go back and reteach it to you and no, go no, into no. all of these details. I'm going to put it in a different setting. Mm-hmm. And the parables give us what, how the Word of God can be it can cross centuries hmm. and still yes. have value. Isn't that how it amazing? Can, how it can cross cultures and, and settings and still have incredible value because we were able to kind of get the principles of it. So, you know, for me, it's like I don't care what I believe out of the epistles. I don't care what I believe out of the, out of the Pentateuch. Until I see what it looked like in Jesus' life and teaching, I don't. Mm-hmm. I probably don't understand it. Yeah. And so I love reading the parables because mm-hmm. the parables, more than anything else, are about how to enter into the kingdom of God. That not not salvation. Salvation comes because you believe by faith. Yes. You believe on the, the resurrected Lord Jesus. But the kingdom of God is that realm that says, now, okay, you're saved. Now you can perceive the kingdom of God. Yes. I mean, you've entered it. This exactly. is the, where the ruling, the lordship of Jesus yep. is yep. Uh, being lived, experienced yep. in, within your own very, your own life. And right. I, the reason, one of the reasons I love the parables is just because they're stories and I love stories mm-hmm. and Jesus knew that and that's why he told stories. But also um, the proverb says there's a hidden storehouse of wisdom made yep. accessible to his godly lovers. Well, mm. I believe that I love Jesus's uh, covert operation, that part of him that just feels like it's a bit mysterious, but a little bit fun at the same time, because he's like, you know what? I know those that really want to know that are going to seek out wisdom like it's yep. worth more than absolutely anything this world could ever give. And those are my godly lovers. And yep. I have this hidden storehouse of wisdom within my stories and within these parables that is going to get, let them get to know me. And then in the parables, we're hanging out with Jesus. So, I mean, we can't go yeah. wrong. This is, this, is, this is an incredible theme, I believe. And, and keep in mind now, but, but, you know, you know, you know, and you know this, I, I'm, not, I'm not correcting you or anything, but, but I'm saying to the listener, keep in mind that these things are only hidden to those who think they know all the answers. Exactly. So Thank this you. is, and that's exactly what I pulled up, was oh Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus speaking here, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you hid these things from those who think they are so wise and clever, but <clears> you've <throat> chosen to reveal it to the childlike. <laughs> you know, so to, to and... Uh, those those people are the ones we call I I know. They're called the I knows. Yeah. Yeah, Whenever I know. you get this new vision from the Lord, and they go, Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I know. know that. Oh, oh, I got this new understanding <laughs> when I read this incredible. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I've I know. done that before. But you know, that's, he's, he's looking not, for the childlike. I'm not trying to be critical. This is why preachers are so hard to help because they have studied <laughs> the Bible. No, I'm, I'm 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 serious. Listen, I'm I, I'm the guy. 
And I, it doesn't happen now as much as it used to. But when I used to be out there really moving among really well-known people, I'm the guy that these really... I knows. National preachers, yeah. when they would get into adultery mm-hmm. or when they would be in trouble or when it, you know, or, or they were struggling with homosexuality or just all kinds of things, I'm the guy they'd call. Mm-hmm. Because I was the only guy in the midst of them that was preaching a message that gave them any hope that wow. somebody could understand right. and w- help them work through their issues. Right. So, so, so I'm the guy they would call. Wow. And, and so I, I can't tell you how many times the discussion would go. I need help. I've heard you preach. I've read your books. I know you can help me. And I say, okay, give me about, give me your story in 15 minutes. And one, you know, I, I did the same thing there that I do used to do in counseling. It's like, we're going to talk about the problem for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we ain't talking about it anymore. And then we're going, we're, then we're going to focus on the solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give me your problem. So that, they give me a problem. And so, you know, then I'd say, okay, here, here's what we're going to do. And I'd start to explain something. They say, oh, I, I know that. Well, after about three I knows, <laughs> my response would be, look, you called me. I didn't call you. You call, you're the one that's losing your mind, yeah. not me. <laughs> and you said you thought I could help you. But the problem is you called me to help you, but now you're trying to tell me how to help you. If you knew how to do this, you wouldn't be calling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to help you, you got to stop with the I knows because you don't know if you knew it would be working in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, I can't, I can't help you. Mm. And for many of them, that'd be the end of the conversation. Never hear yeah. from them again. Wow. And what a lesson to all of us right in this second at this podcast, us and the listeners, because that's, I don't want to be the I know girl to, no. the, today. So let's kind of all make agreement, uh, all of us, and say, you know what? Holy Spirit, you have this way of bringing enlightened mm-hmm. truth, revelation to Jim, Bob, me, and the listeners mm-hmm. that has never been here, I believe, for the best case scenario that we're going to have understanding like never before, because that's just how you work. And I, my job is to be that childlike one, to be dependent on you and to be excited about opening new presents. Because that's the one thing I always say is a characteristic of a childlike one is that you yeah. give a present to an adult and they go, oh, okay, you shouldn't have, you know, and I'll open it later. But you give mm-hmm. a kid, you give a kid a present and they open it. And they tear into it and say, yes, yes. So I want to be the childlike one in the presence of God today and say, God, I'm ready for Mm -hmm. some new understanding. Why not it be today where I get this fresh revelation from your parables and just open that present and go, yes. I think that's one of the major concepts of being childlike. (laughs) When When Jesus says we've got to become like little children. Little, yes. here's the thing. Little children are teachable. They yes. don't claim to know. Right. And the, and the ultimate factor that, and I talk about this in my book on heaven on earth, which by the way, let me say this, heaven on earth will be shipped to the people who have it already ordered on December the 10th from our publisher. Awesome. In other words, it's not going to come to us and then we're going to send it out. They're going to send it out from there. So here's the deal for the people listening today. If you still want the special offer that says you pre-purchase the book, and as soon as we get the ebook done, we'll email that to you, mm-hmm. and then on December the tenth, we will ship out the hard copy book. But this is the very last week. Okay. That so this, this is will be- this is the two for deal. You get two for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get the ebook so, uh, and the book. 
But I talk about this in this book, and, I, and, I, and you know, I'll map it out and show us. The one thing that Jesus says that distinguishes the people who can grasp the, the truth of the kingdom. You know, because he distinguishes between people. There are people who see and perceive. Mm-hmm. There's people who see and do not perceive. Mm. There's people who hear and understand. There is people who hear and don't understand. And he defines then the differences between those two groups. The group that sees and does not perceive, hears and does not understand, is the group that doesn't want to change. And he says that plainly. The group that sees and perceives, hears and understands, Mm. is the group that has a repentant heart. In other words... I'm always ready always to learn. Ready. I'm always yes. ready to give up what I think I know and I'm give yes. up my opinion. Yes, and I love correction and I like correction not being a bad naughty word. Like correction are the best days because it's so like a wise one that's childlike just loves it when they go, "Oh, you mean that isn't working for me?" Okay, then let's do it this way. Like it's a quick turn. It's nothing nope. to do with having to hold on to being right or having pride. It's just like Oh, oh my gosh, I didn't see that that, that that I was doing that. Thank you so much for correcting me. Yeah. Although I have to admit, I take correction from the Holy Spirit way easier than I do from people. I'm just saying. Sometimes I'm just being honest on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Audrey, actually, I, I can say this as far as my personal experience with it. You know, I, I, I may have challenged you on as many things as anybody in your world. Uh huh. And I can say that actually you receive correction very humbly and very graciously. Oh, thank you, Jim. That means a lot to me. That means yeah. a lot. I really and, do love it. I love that correction. From and you. you know, uh, maybe other than the, not, other not for than me the, so much. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> other than the times that Bob has threatened to kill me, he <laughs> has taken it very, very humbly, too. I just want you to know. <laughs> Okay, here we go. But that that is a profound understanding. The difference, we want to change. And I think we've all made agreement with our listeners and us. We want to change and we want to receive those gifts from from the Jesus, Mm -hmm. from the Jesus. (laughs) You you know, now this is the honest truth. Uh, We only want the honest truth. Honest truth. And we were talking about this beforehand. Most of what... most of what we need to do to help people is going to be offensive to the ones who need it the most. Hmm. You know, uh, you, you know, you guys grew up word of faith, charismatic. So you, you've been in the same environments I have. Yeah. Have you, have you ever been maybe at a, or knew somebody that went to say a healing meeting to get healed? Yes, absolutely. And they didn't get healed and they were critical of how the minister presented it or something. That, you know, the minister didn't do it the way they wanted it done. And even though other people were getting healed, mm. they didn't get healed, and they were critical of how it was presented. I mean, you ever had that conversation with people? Yeah. Or that type of conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And-, and you would think, well, wait a minute. So if, if you knew how to get healed, you'd be healed. You wouldn't be going to a, a meeting right. to get somebody to tell this you how to get here. This is a perfect example of the I knows that Bob read about. So you go to that meeting because you don't know how to get healed. Mm-hmm. But 
something and you don't really understand what it is about how this guy is presenting it, you don't like. Mm-hmm. Now, other people are getting healed and, and you can't even celebrate with them. You can't rejoice with them. You can't gl- even glorify God that they're getting healed because you're so annoyed and offended at what that person is saying. So you walk away not healed. Hmm. Manuel, you look at that and you're like, it, it would like that'd be like going to you having an incurable disease, mm-hmm. going to a specialist hospital that only deals with this disease, and you go in and you find out that they have got a breakthrough formula. Right. That person after person is getting healed when they follow a certain protocol. Yeah. And man, you're excited. Your hopes are up. And then they come out and and say, "So, so here's what here's the protocol." And you look at it and you go, "Well, I'm not doing that. That doesn't make any sense." And so you leave and you die, right? Because you weren't willing, or there's some reason. There, there's some reason you w- would not make that decision. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you who I think of. I think about Naaman in the Old Testament. You remember Naaman? Who? Of course, yes. You, you know, he goes down to, was it, was it Elisha or Elijah? I can't remember. I don't know, two. one of those. Goes to one of those. <laughs> That's right. They, they can look it up. They got concordances. Yeah. I and think so it was he Elijah. goes down. That would be my he's, guess. He's got leprosy and yeah. he goes down and, and because he finds out that he's a prophet and, and goes, goes to see the prophet and says, what do I got to do to get healed? The prophet says, go dip seven times in the Jordan. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And so he starts home. He's, go, he's going home with leprosy. And his, his servant says, says to him, he says, you know, my Lord, if, if someone had asked you to do something difficult, you would have done it. In other words, if somebody wow. asked something that in your logic had made sense to you, yes. you would have done it. Yes. You know, what have you got to lose by doing this? And of course, he goes, dips seven times in the Jordan, gets healed completely of leprosy. Completely clean, completely free. I just got a visual. Sometimes I like to put, put personify things just to help me understand how we're living life in the practical. And if you had a bunch of little guys wearing these t-shirts that said preconceived ideas, they are robbing us of all the gifts that God wants to give us. Our preconceived ideas have locked us in a box and now we can't receive all the revelation and the understanding that the parables, because I, you, we want to be those people that we hear and we yep. understand. We want to see and we want to perceive it. And that's what's going to um, change the difference between the parables. Like as we start talking about the parables, that's going to be the difference. I'm glad we Absolutely. talked about this first, Bob. I'm glad you talked about the childlike first, because I think that's the key to receiving during these podcasts. Bob's over there. Bob's I know. Over I don't know what he's doing. I, he's looking His wheels up. are turning. You got something ready to share with us, Bob? <laughs> he is I am. deep in thought. I am. I'm just trying to get out of King James. I'm just, <laughs> I just, you know, this King James thing is, is giving me a hard time. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll just We'll go. come to it. I'll just go King James. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'll go to King James on you. I'll, I'll, I'll translate Okay, it. all right. Okay. Let me throw out a, a few of these and thous and we'll get through it. Okay. But this is uh, uh, Matthew 13, and uh, Jesus speaking again, and he says, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whosoever hath, 
to him shall be given, and him sh- uh, have uh, an abundance. But whoever have not, he shall be taken away, even though he has. Therefore, verse 13 says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, in parables, because seeing... Uh, seeing, seeing not, hearing, hearing not, and this is exactly what you quoted, and neither do they understand. So right. here they are wanting to understand, but Jesus says, I with intention speak in parables. And, and, there's, there, there, and now don't let me cut you off. No, no, I, no. I, I yeah, don't mess you We read that and we think, okay, so he's doing that so that only these people can get it. No, 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 no. no. He speaks in parables so everybody can get it. The difference is, do I have a repentant, teachable heart, or do I insist that the way I see it is the way it is? In other words, we are the ones that classify or determine if I'm a person who can get it or if I'm a person who cannot get it. Mm. Now, here, let's let's kind of throw this golden nugget out here. Okay. And then we can come back to all of this, revisit all this in a more practical application. We call this the golden thread of the parables. That's what mm-hmm. we're that's what we're calling this. Mm-hmm. Now, so what is a golden thread? Well, a go- to me, I use that term as a golden thread is something of incredible value that's woven through the fa- a fabric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's there, but you have to kind of look to find it. Yes. Because you, because you could just glance at the, if you just yes. casually glance at the fabric, you don't, you can't tell. Because I'll give you, you an haven't example. trained your eyes to see. You yeah. haven't trained to notice that one right. golden thread. You know, Brenda and I sleep on what's called grounding sheets. Of course you do, because it's beside your energy mat. Right. And now what grounding sheets do is when you... <laughs> Because they are grounded, when you lay on them, positive electrons leave your body and go into the ground. And positive electrons are what cause inflammation. Mm-hmm. Any time there's pain, inflammation, disease, you're going to find a conglomeration of positive electrons. Right. And you have to get rid of those before you can actually get that part of the body to heal. Mm-hmm. So these sheets that we sleep on, they are made out of a really soft fabric. They're really comfortable sheets. But they have silver threads woven through them at, at certain distances. Really? And it's the silver threads that conduct the, you know, the electromagnetic energy from you to the ground. Because Interesting. The sheet, That's the sheet, fascinating. The sheet goes out. And, and I know and that touch. bacteria cannot not survive in silver. I knew that. Yeah. So, so I... For me, I think about these grounding sheets and I think, you know, really, you, you can't really just glance at these and tell where yes. the silver is. Right. Right. But see, remember, Jesus said the degree of thought and study and prepar- you know, preparation and reading and pondering and considering and meditating that yep. you give to this mm-hmm. is going to determine what you get out of it or what you find, so to and speak. It, and it's like, it's not a structure where you go fight. It's not a Coke machine where we go da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden we can see the golden thread. It's like that every day, just training your eyes to see it. Like when we were in Africa last year, we went on a safari and this, the guy that was with us, the guide, 
He had spent his entire life studying, pondering, considering the landscape, everything about that land every single day so that two miles out, if it was one of those leopards or something like that, we would be looking at that and say, you've got to be kidding. Like how in in a driving vehicle are you able to pinpoint that leopard from miles away and just know, but his eyes were trained to see the gold, like to see that nugget, to see that experience. And, and he developed that. That's not a that special gift. That isn't a gift. It is developed over years of training your yep. eyes to see. And you and he did that because he wanted to. Yes. He had the desire to. He chose to do it. So there are golden threads woven through a fabric that we're calling the gospel of the kingdom, which is presented in the parables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and because it's woven through all the parables, and, and again, I'm, I'm explaining why I use this terminology, it means it's present in all of the parables. Hmm. It's, hard, it's hard, you know what I mean? It's, remember, it's, it's hard to see if you're not looking for it, but it's always there. Hmm. And so there are some golden threads woven through Jesus' teaching consistently. And these golden threads comprise what I consider to be the fundamental elements uh, of a person who can, who can see and perceive, hear and understand, and therefore manifest the kingdom of God in their life. Wow, this is exciting. It is to me. I'm yeah, oh, telling you. I'm telling you, everything you just said is so exciting because we are those people. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we oh. as listeners... Together in this, we want to have that new understanding. Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the things and, and, and I was hoping we could get to one today. I hope we will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was I don't remember who I was talking to uh, the other day and we were just talking about this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was talking to Angela, you know. Yeah. And and I said, you know, I said I asked her, I said, you know, do you do you listen to these podcasts? And she said, Yeah, I do. And and which just surprised me. I can't imagine she even has time to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say, really. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I said, if you'll notice, I said, we will spend a week or two laying the foundation yes. for what we've got to say. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't lay that foundation, even when you say it, people don't get it. Right, right, yeah. right. So you all of this time right background. here, we're we're laying a yes, foundation. We are. So you can get what we're going to say in context, because if you don't get it in context, you're not going to grasp it. It's, it's going to sail right by you. But I love this foundation because it's filling me with anticipation yeah. of, of, of what is that golden thread because we love Jesus so much. If there's more we can learn about his gospel, his parables, then I yeah. want to I want to know more. I want to have oh, a deeper understanding. So I, I, I'm going to give I, I'm going to give you a couple of, of, of golden two. I'm going to give you two. Mm, Maybe two golden threads, and then we'll get into the one we want to look at today. <laughs> the ultimate golden thread through all the parables is the law of the seed. Mm-hmm. Now, in my third book on the kingdom, which I'm going to tell you, in these three books, the one I'm releasing now, Heaven on Earth, is about, is about, is about unveiling the mystery. It, the kingdom of God is not going to be a mystery to you anymore. You're going to understand clearly what it is, how, how, you, how you enter into all of those factors. The second one in, in the trilogy is going to be about using the keys of the kingdom. Because most of what I hear taught about using the keys of the kingdom is utter nonsense. Right. And then the, and then the third one is going to be all about the law of the seed. Because the law of the seed is the one 
consistent principle that not only is woven through every single parable, but is woven through everything that Jesus taught and every word that God ever spoke, hmm. which is, to me, that's big. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But we're not going into the law of the seed right now. Okay. Right now, we're looking at something that is embodied in the law of the seed. It's, it, it's, it's one of the threads of the fabric, mm-hmm. and that is, and th- this is something people hate. I'm telling you, this offends more people than any thing else you could you could you could almost stand up in the pulpit and cuss and 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 the end, people less <laughs> in the end it would offend people less than what i'm about to say okay because the one of the most important golden threads that is embodied in the law of the seed and in all of the parables is personal responsibility hmm. now everything in North American culture today, everything is, every philosophy that is being taught in school, almost every philosophy that's being embraced by the governments of the world, almost every philosophy now that's being woven into modern church fabric is anti-personal responsibility, which means it is anti-God. Wow. So true, so true. From, from the very beginning of God teaching people how to have the best life possible and then demonstrate it through every one of the parables, God is always saying, you have a free will, therefore, I can't do this for you. Mm-hmm. I can tell you how to do it, but you have to make the choice. Yeah. You have to pursue it. And if you make the choice, I'll give you the power to do it. Yeah. But until you make the choice, uh, I, can't, I can't infringe on your free will. Yeah. You know, Jim, I, I want to, you know, because we are really kind of laying, you know, a foundation here as, as we're going, going through and beginning this series together. Um, I, I was listening, you know, and purposely, you know, hearing you say again and again about the commandments of God. You know, and Jesus, you know, coming and, and revealing his his intent. And, and um, you know, when Jesus was here revealing the love of the Father and the terms of the kingdom, he didn't have the epistles. You know, he didn't have, exactly, he yeah. didn't have the New Testament. It, it was yeah. the Old Testament. But we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, you know, that really there isn't a good English word uh, to translate commandment no that you know more and more it's it's the prescription of god you know right. that you, you you follow this and life will go well for you. Yeah. you 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 follow this and it will bring healing to your life it'll bring uh grace to your relationships you know it'll bring an abundance in your finances you know this is the prescription of god and i think mm-hmm. a lot of times when people hear this immediately they go oh there he goes. He's he's bringing up the law again, mm-hmm. you know, and he's throwing out legalism. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You're missing it here because this is the invitation to step into harmony with what God's with His intentions and purposes of bringing blessing and favor and abundance, you mm-hmm. know, to the believer's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. 
Here's a good example. Yeah. See, legalism is not the commandment. Legalism is the attitude with which you approach the commandment. So, so, so let me give you a real simple, I think a, a really simple uh, uh, example. If, if, the, if, if some medical company came out with a pill and that pill had been proven that if you take it, it will cure any disease. A prescription would be where you say, this is available to you. A legalism would be where you say, you are required by law to take this. Oh. See, legalism violates your free will mm. and requires you to do something. Whereas a prescription says, this is a, That's available a really, to you. really good understanding yeah. right there. But it's your choice. You don't. It's you don't have to take this. Choice. And that's why I'm, I'm pressing on this. Yes. Because we're talking about personal responsibility. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, because it's available to so many, and people aren't taking the pill, and then wondering why they're so they get so mad at God and others, and jealous of others, and why is everyone experiencing this when they're yep. not taking it themselves? Right. But you can't take that pill if you're going to blame someone else, like. When I'll never forget where I was when it when this revelation hit me because you know when a revelation hits sometimes you're driving or you actually it's so significant you remember the moment, yep. and I remember the moment when I realized that no one has power over my own choices and yep. my life situation that I can clearly live in any <clears throat> circumstance any storm, any situation, um, in peace and joy and righteousness. When, no matter how anybody around me is behaving, that's my personal responsibility to choose that I'm willing to live in that kind of promises from right. God. You see, and, and we're about out of time, so so, so I want to I want to I want to start bringing us down to to the takeaway. Okay, good. That that will prepare people for where we're going to go next week. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. we got we got enough time to discuss this yeah. a little bit. Okay, now, perfect. So let's let's look at how. The world's reaction right now to personal responsibility is. Let's get let's let's bring this into real life context. Okay. Right now, the the perverted concept of love, which is presented by most churches, which is presented by most governments, the per perverted concept of love is that everyone should be guaranteed the same outcome in life. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, but I'm pondering it because that is very profound because I have to now work through my own belief system. Do I believe yeah. that? Do I hope that? Do I wish that? Right now, for example, in the States, you know, we have polit politicians saying, if we're going to be a fair and just nation, then, then the truth is it is the government's job to make sure that everybody is making pretty much an equal amount of money. Everybody, we got to make sure everybody has a cell phone. We got to make sure everybody has an automobile. You know, we got to make sure that everybody has their own home to live in. And it's in the word of care. Like <clears throat> everyone needs to be taken care of. Like I understand no. the heart behind that. I want every person to know. No, no, no. Wait, no. no. Oh. You don't understand the heart behind okay. it. Okay. You don't know anybody's heart. Oh. Don't ever go there. 
And see, that's what, sucks us, that's what sucks us down this tube because we assume that this is done primarily <laughs> because they care about us. I totally have. I mean, when I see someone, I go, oh, they're a little mixed up, but they just deep down want to care. Actually, there are people. So there's different levels of people being deceived about things. There's, there's people who, who do feel that way because they care. But the true motive behind churches and governments and, and cults that, that have these philosophies is control. If I ah. provide everything you need, I become your source. Ah, that is and therefore, not care. When you have a need, you look to me. Therefore, I can dictate every every aspect of, of your life. So this is a power trip. Absolutely. <laughs> now, so so now stop and think about what does God offer? When you, man, I mean, I could just go through all kinds of examples in. Uh, you know, in the language of, uh, of the scripture from the Old Testament through the New Testament, but I'm going to kind of capsulize it so we'll be open to a little bit of discussion time. But so here, here's what God says. Uh, Jesus died for all. Mm-hmm. Now, see, some people who live in that philosophy that says everybody deserves the same outcome, but, but they would twist that into universalism and say, well, if God is love, and Jesus died for all, then everybody not only has the right to salvation, but everybody would automatically be saved because if God is love and Jesus died for all, then all have salvation. The only problem is you have to deny hundreds of scriptures to reach that conclusion. Mm -hmm. You have to totally deny free will. You have to totally deny choice. You have to totally deny everything about faith. You have to totally deny almost everything about relating to God and who God is and what his character is. Because what God is, is saying, God is not saying, I guarantee you the same outcome. But God says, I guarantee you all the same opportunity. Mm. In other words, I'm, I am, through the Lord Jesus Christ, I am offering to you everything that pertains to life and godliness free of charge. You don't, you don't earn us. You don't, you, know, you, don't, you don't do anything to really. It's not about deserving it, right, that right, sort of thing. Right. But, he does, but, he does, but he does qualify it and say, this is available to you through your personal faith in what he has and what Jesus has done for you. Yep. So in other words, you have to make that choice yourself. You have to choose to believe that and you have to receive it. You have to, by faith, you take it unto yourself and make, and make it your own. And, and in the parables, this is why Jesus says, okay, you, you all have opportunity to the same word of God. The Hebrew letter mem there's an open mem and there's a closed mem. The open mem represents that the word of God is poured out on everybody. And mm-hmm. in fact, the Bible teaches us that even lost people have the commandments written on their heart. That's why they mm-hmm. have a conscience. That's why on any continent mm-hmm. in the world, people know it's wrong to kill. It's wrong to commit adultery. It's wrong to steal. Yeah. They, why do they know that? They know it because it's written on them yes, already. Absolutely. Wow. So God put this all in man. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... And I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter if it's the deepest, darkest jungle. It doesn't matter if it's a, a radical Muslim that is a terrorist. It doesn't matter who it is or where they are. I've got news for you. When they want to know the true God, 
and they cry out to him because that witness that's in their heart, I got news for you. He shows up. They yes, find does. him. They find him. We got testimonies from wow. all over the world of people who had nobody witness to them, and they yes. got saved. That's, yes. that's right. almost yes. my right. testimony. I mean, nobody yes. witnessed to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, but stop and think about it. So, open them. I have poured all, I have revealed everything to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Why then do, all, do some bear fruit 30%, some 60%, and some 100%. Hmm. Why? Because he says the thing that determines how much life you're going to get out of this is not how much word I've poured on you. It's how much pondering, thought, consideration, reflection, or attention, basically, that you give to the seed that's in your heart. We decide how much of the Word of God, the life of God, is going to manifest in us by our desire for it, our trust for it, our willingness to seek it out. And if you don't seek, you don't find. If you don't knock, no door is open to you. And you stand there acting like a victim, claiming, if this gospel was true, then, then, then this would be working. No. If you wanted this, you'd seek it. And people who seek and don't give up always find. Wow. So in order for us to start talking about what personal responsibility looks like in the kingdom of God, we've got to accept this overarching principle that God has provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. I am the one that determines how much of that will manifest in my life based on the attention that I give to it, based on how much I ponder, how much I reflect it, based on how much I'm seeking it and desiring it from God. And uh, if I'm not willing to do that, then all I can say is I I don't want it bad enough. You said the word willing, and um, in the parables, or, or the stories of Jesus anyway, in the Gospels, Bob often tells a story about blind Bart, you know, Bartimaeus. But when Jesus... Was oh, that like Bart Simpson? Yes. <laughs> blind, blind Bart Simpson? Blind Bart. Blind Bart. But when, when he came up to Jesus, um, it seems so obvious what he needed, right? And, right. And, and yet Jesus asked the question. And I think that is so key. And he says, what do you, what do you want? You know, Bartimaeus, I'm not going to presume. I need you to say it with your mouth yeah. and your own heart. What do you want? And then, and then what's interesting that Bob always brings out is that the true, more real translation is, what are you willing? Yep. What are you willing for me to do for you? Mm-hmm. And see, we are confuse this. In this area of, of humanistic philosophy, we confuse what I want and mm-hmm. what I'm willing. Yes. See, everybody thinks because I want to get healed that I'm willing. Uh, Willing means you're willing to do this no matter what you have to face, no matter what you have to, ideas you have to give up. I mean, no matter where God leads you, you're willing to do whatever it takes to come into this. Yes. But just because you desire it doesn't mean you're willing to do that. That's just thinking in. Personal responsibility. 
Now, I'm telling you, people hate this because people, so that makes me, see, people will get offended at this. That, that, that makes me feel guilty because, because you know, I, I'm a believer. And I've been sick for 25 years, and, and, and I haven't gotten healed, so you're saying there's something wrong with me. I'm not saying there's something wrong with you. I'm saying there's the law of the seed, and one thing about the law of the seed, which is the overriding, overarching law that undergirds everything that God has ever said, says that the seed can only grow if you plant it in your heart, if you water it, if you care for it, if you take care of it, and then if you don't plant a bunch of other seeds that choke it out. And you're the only one that has control of that. And that comes, it's down to that. Wow. Now that sounds tough. Mm-hmm. But it sounds very simple. It is simple. And that's part of what people hate about it. Make this more complicated so that I can weave this around and say I have no responsibility. In it, because that I don't understand it, that I can't get it. This is over my head. This is this is why this is why God said in the book of Deuteronomy, and Paul repeated in the book of Romans, don't say who's gonna go get this for us and bring it to us. Don't say, you know, who, who's gotta die so so I can have this. Don't say that this is so complicated that anybody has to do anything. It's the simple truth. It's the word of faith that's in your heart and in your mouth. You gotta do it. Yeah. I think the simplicity is offensive. It is. Yeah. Because, you know, the you know, just in in the simplicity of it, it's that I actually have the ability to respond. Yep. So either I'll harden my heart. And in doing, I will not see. In hearing, I will not hear. Or I'll be willing to recognize, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing and hearing all that well. And I'll soften my heart. Yep. And Jesus came. And, and I've just been, you know, looking through and through, you know, here again at, at Matthew chapter 13. And, you know, even before. But Jesus says, I've come and I'm revealing. But yet they're choosing to harden their heart. They're choosing not to see and not to hear. Because if they do, then they, they would change. turn. Yes, they then to, they would they change. change. Yes. That word that turn that word turn and different translations say it different. That word turn doesn't mean anything but change. It's like yep. I am not willing to change. What are you not willing to change? Well, maybe it's your behavior, maybe it's your beliefs, maybe it's your attitude. I mean, who knows what you're not willing to change? But if there's anything you're not willing to change. Anything, just that attitude itself says, I close myself off to any possibility of anything that challenges what I believe. So what this does for take home for all of us is it says, I have to take personal inventory of the present condition of my life right this minute and where it is not congruent or aligned with everything I should be receiving from the promises, provisions of God and protection of God. Then I've got to say, look right to myself and say, where can I take personal inventory, personal responsibility, where yep. I can bring this to Jesus and say, you know what, I am willing to take yep. out, come out of every belief box that I've been stuck in, that has mindset that has kept me stuck here. I'm willing to say this is this is it's simple simple enough as this this isn't growing right. The fruit of this is not growing in my life. So where right. have I not been watering it, taking care of it, or where have I planted a bunch of seeds that is choking it out? And and then just take that personal inventory. You know, Jim, Bob, and I um, create an entire e-course. Um, called Great Marriages Start Here. And it's like going coming to our intensive for three days by yourself. It's all in this one course 
but it's 32 videos with a workbook. It's extensive, oh, yeah. it's intense. But the first five classes, we called them personal inventory. Like yeah. until you take personal inventory, you can't move on in your relationships. You know, and, and but there, the amount of people that will actually well, go through this have to be extremely willing. But those who do are have these amazing results. Yeah. Like you, you can just so clearly see how how willing are you? And, and you know, and we can we can go into some of this stuff what, next week about what will motivate me to to really be willing to face these things I fear. What what. You know, what does it really take for me to come to the place to where I'm willing to kind of strip the bark off my heart and go, okay, I'm opening everything up. I'm going to be vulnerable. This is going to be, this is going to be do or die. Mm -hmm. And, and you can get there, you know, cause at first glance, this just sounds hard. It sounds threatening and it is offensive. And if this is offensive to you, you are stumbling over this. But remember, Jesus is the rock of offense. Everything about Jesus causes people who don't want to change to stumble. And he, he offended people all the time, not because he was cruel to them. He offended people because they did not like the truth. But this is the day to choose life. I'll tell you what, life and death is sitting right in front of you, listener. Yep. And you get to choose life. This very truth that could offend you has, has the potential and power to completely set you free. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, sitting here and I am so grateful, you know, for those, and I'm, I'll just describe it, you know, those painful seasons, you know, that I went through yeah, because I believed I had the right to be angry. I believed mm -hmm. I had the right to be the victim. I believed that I was, you know, um, dealt unfairly. Mm-hmm. And whether that be by others or whether that be by God, whatever it might be, but I'm holding to my own rights. See, I'm I'm, I'm demanding. You know, I, I thought I thought things would be different. I'm, I'm and I'm holding to my own rights. And so today, what a what an invitation to be willing to lay down your right to be right. You know, to be able to lay down your rights, the offense to be able to lay that down and pick up your responsibility. And I want to respond rightly to the word of God, not just his word, but to his heart towards me, because there's nothing that he's asking of me that is with intent to bring me any kind of harm. He's not asking to, you know, to take anything from me where I lose, but he's trying to get everything to me that will bring the richness mm. and the beauty and the glory of his splendor and wonder. Wow. And so I just, I, and I, and I, you know, as I'm speaking, you know, this is, this is worship. Yeah. And where in my very own heart where things really began to change because you wrestle through these, this offense, you wrestle through this. The unfair feeling. The unfairness, but you wrestle through when you worship, when you begin to recognize the splendor and the majesty and the glory of who he really is. And he's revealing and, and Jim, you know, what you spoke here, and that is the perverted concept of love. But in worship, you begin to allow his love to really transform you, that you can begin to receive and perceive rightly, you, you know, his, his favor and his face towards you. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a great way to sum that up, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs>
Hey, Jim, thanks so much. Can hey, baby. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Good deal. I, I hope we just didn't scare people to death. I uh -huh. hope they'll, go, no. I hope I they'll go sort this out, you know? I think they will. And we'll I believe that. And we will continue next week. Yeah, the yep. golden and, thread throughout mm -hmm. the parallel. Thank you so much, Jim, for pouring out, you know, all the heart and the wisdom and the research that you've done towards this. I just, I just very grateful. Good. Okay, listeners, uh, as well, one more reminder. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all those in the United States. Yes. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone else. Make it a thankful day. Uh, but number two is as well, um, in these next few days, you, you got to do it this week. If you want uh, Jim's new book, uh, both in an ebook, and then they'll send you the hard copy in the beginning of December. Uh, make sure that you go online and get your copy. LiveTransformed.com. coming out quick. Yes. Okay, so make sure you take take that opportunity. Yes. Blessings on y'all. Hey, if this Thank is helping, you. Yeah, please give us a thumbs up, whatever it might be. Pass it on. Let other people know. And we'll see yep. you next week here on Live Transformed. Ciao. Ciao.